Hello, and welcome to our Parallel Paths, a future for my loved one with a disability, and for me. My name is Dr. Gerilyn Arango-Dealy, Jerry, and I'm your host for this podcast series about just what the title says, the parallel paths of family members, certainly parents, sometimes siblings as parents age or pass on, and their loved ones with intellectual disabilities. I'm a parent myself, and I have a lot of questions. On our parallel paths, we talk about creating a promising future for the child with a disability who has become an adult, and a promising future for ourselves as our role as parent, family member, caregiver evolves alongside them. There's more than one path, more than one future to talk about, and that's why we're here. Some remarkable people will share their stories in upcoming episodes, and I'll be listening with you because I have some questions for our guests too. I'm so happy to introduce today's guest, my friend and colleague, Diane Perry. Diane is a mom to Zara and David, a parent resource specialist for the Peel Center here in Pennsylvania, and is active in several organizations advocating for a better life for people with disabilities. Our sons, David and Nick, both have Down syndrome, big personalities, and both have a good bit of support for the visions they have for their lives. Diane is going to talk about having a vision for David and a vision for herself. So welcome, Diane. Thank you, Jerry. I'm happy to be here today, and thank you for asking me to be a part of this podcast and sharing my story as well as David's. Um, And with his big personality, he does give me permission to talk about him. So I'm happy to be able to do that today with you. Great. (laughs) What even made you choose this topic as a whole of my big long list? Yeah, yeah. And it was a long list. And, you know, as I was looking through it, I'm like, yeah, I might be able to do that one or that one. But I've always gravitated to things around person-centered planning or those tools about building a vision and a path. And I think that I really gravitated to that because what that does for me is it gives me hope. It gives me a clear idea of the possibilities for David. And I have to say very early on when he was first born, I used to go to a lot of conferences and workshops. And while I did have a positive attitude about David's outlook, there were still a lot of unknowns, a lot of fear of when he gets older. Is he going to be able to do this? Is he going to do that? You know, those kinds of, of um, fears you have for, for any child. I had them for, for Sarah as well. But for David, it was a little bit more because he did have a disability. And what was, what was society going to do, you know, around, around accepting him and so forth? So it was, it was very... I was very motivated to make sure that David did have a good life out of those conferences and workshops that I saw people's lives, people with more complex needs than David had. And, you know, there they were, you know, having good jobs, getting, you know, a good pay. They were out in the community. They were out having parties. They were, you know, people getting married, like all these wonderful things that I was thinking that well, David has Down syndrome. Is he going to be able to experience any of that? I mean, I did have some doubts, you know, like what's that life really going to look like for him? Is someone really going to be able to fall in love with him? And is he going to fall in love with someone else? You know, all those things you want for your children when they're very young, 
because I myself had those experiences and I want my children to have those experiences. So, so I think that really led, really laid the groundwork for me in thinking about David's future and what that could look like. So I think without any of these tools, I think in my head, I already was building and thinking about what that vision was going to be. And then I was so blessed to have so many wonderful people just pop into my life to help me and guide me with that vision. You being one of them, <laughs> as well as some other, <laughs> as well as some other, you know, wonderful people like our good friend Trish Cregan. I mean, like I remember meeting her and she, I will say, was um, the one who really got me started on my first person-centered tool to actually use a tool when David was transitioning from middle school to high school, you know, and, and I was just learning about these tools, you know, that you can use and what's person-centered planning need. And not many people knew about this. The school people, they had no idea what I was talking about. You know, you know, I would bring a vision, like I would write a vision for David, but, and bring that to his um, educational meeting, his IEP meeting, but, you know, they didn't didn't expect it, did they? (laughs) No, no. And, you know, they embraced it though. I will say, I, you know, the district really embraced me bringing a vision and I always brought it to his annual meeting. and. You know, I, every year I would edit it and I always knew that I hit all the good points when I would read it to my husband or if he read it and if he cried, I knew I did a good job. (laughs) (laughs) Got him all misty. (laughs) Yeah, I sure did. I sure did. You know, because we had the same hopes and dreams for David, you know, so, all right, I, I got what we both want for David, you know, and, um, so I always, I always found that funny. I, I like sharing that, that, you know, I got him like misty eye. I like that. <laughs> For those of you who don't know her husband, that doesn't seem like a misty eyed, easy to get misty eyed person. <laughs> so no, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> when it's our kids, what are, when it's our kids, you know, they hit, they hit all the buttons. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. Yeah. So I would share that vision at every IEP meeting and of course, depending on what kind of mood I was in, sometimes I would read it for everybody or I passed it around and had everybody else read it. Like if I was too emotional, because I can get very emotional, as you know. Yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I remember going to like local to, to different meetings and stuff and or local Down syndrome group meetings and stuff. And people would, you know, look over and say, oh, you're fine. I cry to get, you know, like. <laughs> That was something I, I always did. I was known for that, but that's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind that. Well, Diane, but, what, um, what was in the vision statement? What kinds of things that were you kind of including about David and about, and that created that vision? What was in it? If somebody were looking at that paragraph or whatever to, in order to write one of their own. I always started his vision statement. The first line always said, David will be a taxpaying citizen. I always felt that that was very important for people to know that he will be a taxpaying citizen because when you think about that, like a taxpaying citizen, that means that he's going to be getting a job and a competitive employment, right? He he may need to go to college and get a career for it as well. You know, so there's all these things, all these high expectations you have to have for a person if they're going to be a taxpaying citizen. So I always started off his, his first sentence that way. Um, and then I would always put things in about 
what his likes and dislikes were, you know, just because they change from year to year, right? So um, with them changing from year to year, I want to make sure that, and his staff, right? You know, you get different teachers all the time. So they're changing every year too. So I really had to tailor it to the now, you know, and what was happening. But I always did focus on and was always very appreciative of the past as well. So I would talk about some of the wonderful accomplishments he made, but also would kind of, you know, put in a couple of those needs because, you know, yes, we we work on those positives and build on those positives, but we also need to know what are his needs so that we can better support him to yeah. be a more, to, to get to that goal of being a taxpaying citizen. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to try and get the whole picture in that, in that vision of who he is. Exactly. Benson. Exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then as he got older, he took over the vision, you know, like, so I'm there, we're there as his parents to help and guide him. But then there is a certain point where, you know, we've been helping him to self-advocate for himself, for him to have his own hopes and dreams, and then for him to take over. And he would take over. He took over right about high schoolish because then he took over his meetings. He did a PowerPoint and he basically showed his vision through the PowerPoint to the school team. So that's where the, the vision continued, but it was through the eyes of David Perry and not Diane. So, um, or his parents. I mean, we kind of maybe helped a little bit, but you know, it really, he really began to take ownership of that. And it was those other tools we used too, like the map that I mentioned and the path. The path is another person-centered tool that we did several of those. And that was a great experience, not just for us as a family and to support people, but for David too. Like Dave, at, with that big personality that you talked about, he loved being the center of attention. He loved having to talk about himself and what his dreams are and who's going to help him and, you know, all these things to build up his social network, which was very important to us. We, as his parents know that we may not be on this good earth for him for the rest of his life. So it was very important to us to make sure he builds that social network around him. One of the conferences I went to, I remember them sharing, like when they left high school, they fell off this, this cliff and they were talking about how their young adult was lonely and depressed. And I mean, all these like very bleak things. And I said to myself, I do not want that for David. Like, I can't let that happen. So all through school, even before he left, I was always building those relationships and those friendships and trying to figure out how can we bring more people into his life so that hopefully when he left school, he wouldn't, you know, be depressed and all that. And I must say, I don't think he ever was. He was definitely kept busy. People knew he needed to be busy. And even when he left um, high school, he continued on with his, what he wanted to do for his future through that guidance of all of these person-centered planning tools. So it was really a wonderful experience for us. Okay. Now I'm wondering, I'm going to circle back to you because you know, the, the purpose of this podcast is to talk about that parallel path that you're on with David, which doesn't, isn't just about David. So I'm curious as to how the idea of vision, how David's existence changed your vision or any, whatever it did with or for your vision. I'm curious about you from, you know, soup to nuts with regard to how the path piece has been part of your, your, the vision piece and the path piece have been part of your personal vision and path. 
Yeah. And when I saw that too, that it had a focus on me, I was like, oh yeah, I do have to look at myself, right? And how how have I used those tools or or not, you know, to mm-hmm. to, you know, help me first of all be strong mm-hmm. for the family. And number two, for myself, you know, and I'll be very honest, I don't know that I really looked at that, those pieces for me until maybe the last five to 10 years. Uh, I will have to say that for me, those younger years and all that in the beginning, I just ran, 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 ran. You know, I don't know that I really used those tools for me or looked at those tools for me and what am I doing to take care of myself until, you know, like I said, maybe five or 10 years ago. And, and when I finally came to that realization, you know, like, taking care of myself and having my own vision of what I wanted to do for myself. And part of that was to be a healthy person, you know, (laughs) like I don't necessarily know is taking care of myself in a very good way, health wise. Mm -hmm. Um, And I needed to start really thinking about what does, what does life look for me in a couple of years, you know, and I'm getting older, right. When I was getting older, I'm thinking, Oh, I, I am getting older now. I guess I have to start growing up kind of thing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Even though I was an adult, I don't necessarily know. Uh, I was thinking in my head that I was an adult, you know? I was still, so I had, to, I had to do like a mind shift there. And knowing these tools really helped me kind of reflect on that of where I want to go. And, you know, what, what does that, what does, what does life look like for Diane? And, and I don't always like doing that. I don't always like looking at myself. But when I do, I do feel much better. You know, I feel better, you know, in all three ways, my body, mind, and my soul. It really just, it's a whole change for me. I've always said, you know, not only did David, I'm very grateful David gave me my career and the work that I do, but I also feel that he has also shaped me into who I was, who I am today. And and my day-to-day acceptance of all people, you know, like, it's just because there are so many different changes in our lives that have happened that having that foundation of David and his experiences has, has helped me and shaped me into the person that I am. Of Like you said earlier, you know, fighting for that, for that inclusion for all people with disabilities, no matter what they bring to the table, you know. And I always talk, love talking to a parent who sometimes has, you know, well, my child can't do this or they're never going to do this. And, you know, I always love changing that negative to a positive because no, you need, you can always do this. You can always have some type of, and you know what, if they don't reach it, the path to that, that, you know, the little steps that you take towards that is success, is good thing. So joy is um, in the journey. (laughs) One of my favorites. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, and there's some pitfalls. I'm not going to lie. I mean, yeah, there's certainly some pitfalls that go down. We meet certain people in our lives or David has an experience that isn't very positive. You know, it hits you in the stomach. So, but, you know, I call my good friends like Jerry and other, other people and, <laughs> you know, we, we, we talk about it, maybe cry about it. And then we move on and figure out how to go on. And that's what we do. You know, the, the friends and the, and the social network I've been able to build around me that I didn't even realize I was building around me is all through David and, and and all the work that I've been doing around the path and the visions and just my work in general. So I think um, that has really helped me shape 
from my vision as well as the people around me. Okay. Okay. It does make sense. It does make sense because it does open up a whole, you know, group of people that, you know, you wouldn't maybe have met who are sharing something a little beyond the general parenting experience and who I always think there are people I have to say once upon a time, every time I talk to them, I have to start fresh, but there are other people like yourself who I can kind of go, and then this happened. You know, they, they already know your story and you don't have to kind of go back and explain it to them because they're going through it a little bit too. And yeah. that's a special group of people in my life. And I think you're one of them. So thank you for being yeah. on my journey, on my path too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yes, it's wonderful to be on that path with you, Jerry. Yes, yeah. definitely. Thanks. So Diane, I have a couple of questions and, um, you know, a moment to think about these but um the first one is and I, I i sort of heard some of this in your answers but if you want to elaborate what did you do or think about to get yourself emotionally prepared to support david into adulthood and when did you start thinking about it i think you started you said you started thinking about it very early on but what did you do to get yourself kind of ready for this this you know think of transition and all that Yeah. So I would say probably a couple things, you know, while David was going through those transitions. Transition was huge. You know, when when he was 14 and all those systems you got to deal with, all the, you know, um, paperwork you got to go through and, you know, all of those things can be very overwhelming, as you know. And I think it will go back to the people that I've been able to surround myself with and network with. I have been graced with the talent of networking and working with people and and kind of pulling them in. People used to say, you know, if I asked you to do something, they would do it because Diane Perry asked them. And I'd be like, you know, and I'd be like, what do they mean by that? But I develop enough, a good relationship with them that they knew that Diane's asking, it must be something she, you know, and we're going to do it. And I'm so graced to have that. You know, I'm so grateful that, that people, you know, would, you know, get back to me or help me or connect me to where I needed to go. So I'm really grateful I was able to build those relationships with people. And it was all about those relationships. And I think that was key to helping me get through and prepare for that is those relationships. And the relationships were very important to David as well. So through his eyes, I've been able to develop that with myself. But, you know, transition, I also, I educated myself a lot. I went to conferences, workshops. I connected to whatever was out there. I was there, you know, like, and the other funny thing is that People will say, you know, oh, do you know Diane Perry? Oh, yeah, I know her. People knew me because I was always there. I was always putting myself out there. I was always in those conferences and workshops, raising my hand, asking questions. I, you know, I was not shy. I always have a question, you know, and that opens up again those relationships and it helped me understand better what I need to do and what I needed to do to prepare for that paperwork wise and emotionally too, you know. Um, I would lean on, you know, my husband a lot too, you know, we, we certainly supported each other through all of that as well. So, um, 
I have a wonderful mother and sister, you know, that also were there for a lot of different things. They didn't maybe always understand the journey, but I was able to connect also with all those parents who have been there and done it. You know, you and I have many of the same friends that we walk those same paths with and, you know, they've been there and done it. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to pull on their knowledge. So was the, the, the family members who had the older children, their knowledge and all the things that the barriers they broke down and the experiences they had, you know, I want to learn from that so that I can do better for David and be prepared. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. So I'm wondering, is there anything, what do you wish maybe that you had known before you started this journey? Because I'm thinking about our listeners and, and what they can learn from you, what things maybe that they could not have to go through. What do you wish that you'd known before this started? Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a really good question. And it might be a little hard for me to answer because I do feel like I was blessed with a lot of good people that just showed me the way, you know, um, and I wasn't shy about asking questions. I will say that, you know, my approach to certain experiences might not have been the best. So maybe if there was something I would have liked to learn was, you know, that I might, that I, cause I made mistakes because of my approaches to certain things or my assertiveness and maybe not a, not so good way sometimes. So I would maybe reflect back on some of that early on where, you know, it was more of you need to do this as opposed to let's talk about this and see what we can do together, you know? <laughs> so I think that is something that I've had to, you know, refine. But if I had that refinement early on, I don't know, maybe that would have, you know, been a little bit better too. But, you know, I, I, I do believe that I'm a faithful person. So I feel like things are given to me at the times where I feel I need to know them. And and those experiences and when they're going to happen to me. So I feel that, you know, should I could have known something? I'm, I'm not so sure there would have been because that would not have been the correct path for me then maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if that answered your question or not, but that's the best I could think. Of. Well, I was going to elaborate on that question with two things. <laughs> um, one, to tell us about a time when you feel like, uh, oops, you know, you did an oops or I kind of kind of messed that one up and how you handled it. And then something that you're the most proud of as well. So if you would uh, go to the dark place and then come back into the, the, the happy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, there were a couple experiences, I think, with David in school that might have been kind of some dark places that I might not have handled so well. I'm trying to think of a real specific example. And I will say that one's not jumping right out at me other than I sometimes was not very proud of the way I handled myself at some of the school meetings. I didn't want to listen. You know, I didn't want to hear their side. And I was right and they were wrong. You know, that, that was just it. I was right and they were wrong. You know, you're, you're messing with my son and this is the situation. and I'm going to back them up, you know, kind of thing. So, um, so I'm not real proud of some of those moments of, you know, not being a little bit more of a better listener maybe and handling those a little bit better. Yeah. I mean, other, other than the, those experiences, particularly with David, they were probably the, the darker times and 
I guess what got me out of them is, I hate to go back to it, but it's that circle of support that I had built up around me. You know, okay. people that I connected with in so many different ways. You know, I do remember really, and you, 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 you know her as well, Colleen Tomko. She, you know, she was like my. I would come home from school sometimes from a school meeting, and I would be on fire, and I was going ranting and great, and she was my go-to person. I'd call, and I was able to just like let it all out, everything I had to say. And she would say, all right, I hear you. Then she'd agree with me and everything. And then she'd say, okay. So you know you can't go back there. And you know you can't say things like this. So what are we going to do? How are we going to change this around? What are we going to, you know? And I'm like, I don't want to. I don't want to work with them or whatever. And she would really, she talked me down off that ladder. And she would help me through and figure it out. So, I mean, and I remember calling her a couple occasions for those types of things. So mm -hmm. yeah, there were some dark times there too. <laughs> but some tears came with that anger too. Or don't yeah. mess with my baby, you know? And you so, it. yeah, and, and sometimes it's a skill that you're gonna, I think, have bad years with, bad teams with, and better teams with, but yeah. we still have to kind of say, all right, how do I handle the not so hot teams and the and the more collaborative teams, because part of me does believe that people kind of mean well, even if they're way off, in my opinion, that some part of mm. them is, they do mean well. Can I work with any piece of this? You know, um, mm. and I can't always say that I feel it all the way through, but um, yeah, I think it's a skill that you develop because you realize, mm, I shouldn't have, maybe you should have, maybe I went too far that time. And you try it differently next time, you know, and you forgive yourself and you try to learn from what you wish you hadn't done or wish you had done and you keep going because there's another meeting coming and, you know, halfway through the year or whatever, or an annual. Where are we, Val? That's right. That's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody you asked proud? about a good thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Something you're proud of. Yeah. 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 So I think the, one of the biggest things that, um, I think I'm proud of is, you know, graduation day for David, I will say, you know, that was just, you know, even though I know David had so much to do, you know, he would, he, he built his own circle. He developed those relationships. He did all that wonderful, you know, education and all that. But I also know, and I'm not, I'm not blind to, you know, I kind of helped that along, you know, I helped making sure that he was included, making sure he wasn't going into, you know, the whole of the life skills all the time kind of thing. No, he still needs his active, you know, like all those things I pushed for. And David wanted to, it wasn't just, you know, mom pushing. So graduation day was just incredible because David also was on the football team and, and he was a football, he also became one of the football coaches um, for several years um, after he decided it was too hard for him to play. He wanted to be one of the coaches. So, so graduation day, I didn't, I, I had known David would go to the pep rallies and they would have pep rallies in the school, but I didn't realize that he was one of the people that got them started with the, the cheer that they do, you know, at pep rallies. So on graduation day, when they called David's name, first of all, to go up on that stage, the place erupted. I was just in tears. Of course, I'm getting a little choked up now already, just thinking about that moment. And it's such a proud moment. And it was 
humongous uh, to just know that. And, and what I was feeling was, here's the community. This is the community that knew David, that knows David, that will remember David. And they had it all planned that he would do one last bucks cheer for everybody at graduation. Now, mind you, things like that don't happen. Like the principal's like, no, this is what we need to do. But no, they went off script and they just let it run. And they, I mean, like that was just phenomenal. You know, it was a great moment. You hear that from, and then of course you hear that, oh, that was great, you know, kind of thing. But in that moment, it, I, all my hard work, I felt like, you know, for school was just, there it is. There it was, you know, that's, that's what all that hard work gets you. And that's what I tell families. It's going to be hard, you know, up and down throughout. But, you know, when you see your child walk across there and stuff like that happens, oh, so worth it. So worth it. So, so worth it. So worth it. It's true. What or who brings you strength? How do you take care of yourself? Mm, yeah, yeah. There's probably a, a couple people who, who give me that strength. Again, I, I will reflect on, you know, being faithful and I have my higher power that I call God. I will say that I do rely on, on my higher power for, for a lot of my guidance, you know, in my quiet time, you know, in my thoughts to really try and where do I need to go with this? My husband of over 30 years, you know, like we've shared a lot of things as well. And he certainly gives me strength as well. My children give me strength, you know, just it can be challenging, though. Let me tell you, they can be challenging. But <laughs> there's also a lot of pr- a lot of pride there as well that gives me that strength every day. And you know, again, I I can't say more about those relationships that I've built. Like like I think you had said it earlier. You know, the people that I, I would not have met if David didn't have Down syndrome. Like I would not have been on this path. I would not have met all the wonderful people. And there are people that I still have wonderful relationships with when David was younger in, in other positions that I've worked in, you know, and these people are still a part of my circle. And I have certain people that I go to for certain things because not everybody, like you said, understands that path either. So I have to, you know, sometimes I'm very picky as to who I talk to about what because of, you know, I want to have that connection with them. Okay. I, I understand that too, that there are, there are those people who it's, you don't have to start with, once upon a time, you just kind of pick up and keep going because you're journeying together. Are there resources that you recommend to, to a listener? Um, ways to kind of kind of get to work that parallel path for both of you that have been helpful to you? Well, I think those tools, those person-centered tools are good resources, you know? And of course, nowadays you can Google anything. You can Google person-centered tools, but my favorite are is the PATH, the P-A-T-H, the Planning Alternatives for Tomorrow's Hopes. I always say hopes and dreams. There's no D on it, but I would like to say hopes and dreams. I really feel that, you know, starting there is really important. And the work that I do, you know, I do a lot of transition work and I'm always telling families, even before transition, you need to have that vision, you know? And there's all kinds of different tools out there to just write a vision. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy, just one page kind of thing get a picture of your child, you know, all those wonderful things. And so I think those tools are really important as well. And just really staying connected, you know, depending on whatever your individual journey is, you know, our journey 
was inclusion. You know, we wanted David included in all aspects, school, community, everything, and really educating myself around inclusive education or in inclusive environments and what does that look like. So I would surround myself with people who are like-minded. You know, it's really important for me to have those like-minded people. But I also enjoy a good challenge of someone who might not be so like-minded. And I always do like to challenge them as well, because I know so many successful stories that I think I can outweigh what they say sometimes. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So uh, in, in conclusion, what's next for you? Well, we're working on getting David to move out. So that's always been a big goal for him, right? Like, one of it, I want to move out. No mom, no dad, no terror. Like, no, he wants to be out. In fact, today we were just out. He's going to be at a wedding next week. And we were going to try on his, I want my own, I want to move out. I said, I know, we're working on it. We're working on it. So, so really just really trying to support him and figure out what this, what's that going to look like for him. You know, we continue to do that. What's that going to look like for you? What's that going to look like for you? I'm going to continue just trying to be healthy and take care of myself, you know, because I am getting older, I need to continue to, you know, uh, stay on a healthy path. And for me, that's, you know, eating healthier. And, you know, I know that's what everybody says, but I truly do. It's like a, an everyday uh, event for me around that. And, you know, I've always had the little travel bug in me. So, you know, I visited Alaska last year, my husband and I, and I left my heart there. So I have to go back. So, yeah, so more of that type of stuff is good for me because that, you know, that's good for the soul. That's good for the soul for me to, to keep me moving and motivated as well. So they were, they're probably the things that All I'll right. be working on. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. Did I forget anything? Is there anything else you would want to share? No, I don't think so. I, I feel, yeah, I feel pretty good at, at, at of, uh, everything that I've shared and there wasn't anything that, that I wanted to like, like, like as of right now, there's nothing like I'm saying, oh, I should have said this or that. Yeah, no, I just, I, I'm, I'm really happy that you asked me to do this today, Jerry. This was, this was fun. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Diane. Thank you for taking time to share your story, to share David's story. And listeners, thank you for joining me on our Parallel Paths today. So I hope you'll like and subscribe to our podcast. And I really hope you return to listen and learn from more stories of people like you and me and our loved one with a disability on our parallel paths. Bye.